time for VUC. In our 11th year, with us on our journey this year, Simwood.com. Simwood can turn you as a developer into a telco. Greenfield Tech. Go to greenfield.tech and see how they can make your tech dreams both feasible and affordable. Our conference bridge is the best you'll ever find. ZipDX.com. VUC.me is hosted on Bluehost. And our worldwide local rate dial-ins are provided by Voxphone.com. Thank you, Michael. And as you can see, I am bandwidth... Well, you can't see. Here I am. Bandwidth restricted, ladies and gentlemen. So... Back to the slide. This is VUC 663, September 15th, 2017. We're going to be talking ComCon 2018. This is the first, for the moment, the UK's only open source real-time communications conference. We have Dan Jenkins online with us, and we got the sound, we got the audio, and we got Michael Graves, and you're looking at him right now. Michael, you're going to drive. Hey, yeah, welcome. Thank you, and thank you, Dan, for coming. And and, uh, I have a little preface and that is, um, I think Dan and I met for maybe the first time at Klucon earlier um, this year. And um, that was great. And uh, there were some people and there was some tweeting going on, as there always is. And what happened was um, there were some folks who were putting on a web developer conference in London. And they were like a local group of web developers. And lo, I looked at their conference and it's called the State of the Browser. And I thought, gee, that's pretty cool. Um, I would maybe like to go to that if I were a web developer. But then when I was looking down the list of what they were offering for sessions, there was nothing on real-time comms. And so I said, this is sad. And I just met this guy who is a self-professed web dev and he should uh, hook these guys up. Loaded, I know that Dan was putting together his own real-time comms conference. And so unmute yourself, Dan, and 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 because you're muted in, in the Hangout. And welcome, and thank you. And was that prescient? I know you're not going to do that state of the browser thing, but 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 hey. <laughs> thank you. Um, actually, I'm going to take one of those out. Uh, that's really annoying. Um, yeah, so I, I guess, yeah, I've been doing um, talks at web developer conferences for a while. Um, doing... Okay, but hang on, hang on. Let me, uh, we've had you before. Yeah, well, yeah. We want to go back to the beginning. Okay. How did you? really start in the very early days how did you really get into this technical stuff what into rtc or web how what was your first computer so my first computer um i think it was a homemade one by my dad i think um made up of a lot of recycled parts uh so i'm one of four um four i've got three brothers so um giving each one of us access to a computer was quite expensive um, but my dad was quite handy. So, um, yeah, uh, he'd get, like, recycled computers and, like, make decent decent versions out of, like, 10. Um, so that was probably my first. And then, yeah, I started doing web development, um, basic web development, when I was probably 12 or 13. Now, what um, cost basic web development? Were you, like, hand-coding HTML? Yeah, or... yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't think I ever did Dreamweaver-type stuff where you kind of dragged and dropped. Um, everything was fairly basic uh, basic html uh, and then and then i kind of started on php and then i went to university did some more php and went and learned um modern day web development in in industry cool cool and 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 your um your bio reads i mean how did you end up at digium then um 
So at a company that I used to work for, um, we were moving over to VoIP um, and so happened it was Asterisk and we had our own custom CRM system. So we wanted to integrate Asterisk into our custom CRM system. And because it was kind of lucky, I just got put on the project. Um, so I, I ended up making a wrapper for the AMI in, in Asterisk so that we could then control Asterisk from, um, from this CRM system. So that's how I got into Asterisk. Um, and then probably two or three years later, um, Digium knew me and I knew Digium because I talked to Astricon two or three times by then. Um, and, and they were starting off with their Respoke project. So uh, I, I guess I fit their kind of criteria of someone that knew enough about RTC, didn't know enough about the old legacy type SIP stuff. And I'm making a lot of people cringe right now, but um, didn't have all of the, the telephony stuff like implanted into my brain. Um, and I still looked at things as a web developer. Um, yeah, so yeah, I guess yeah. that, that resonated thing, with them. The whole thing about that is you were not burdened with all of this SS7 baggage and all of this, uh, you know, um, admiration for things like SDP and all of these things that sort of were, yeah, we're, we're de- deliberately being cringe. WebRTC was supposed to make all of this more accessible, which is kind of why you were the, the great fit and the sort of. Exactly. Anyway. I mean, I, I know exactly what SS7 is. I couldn't tell you a thing about it. Um, I, the, I only know what its purpose is um, and that um, Matt Fredrickson wrote the SS7 stuff into Asterisk. And that's all that I know about SS7. The whole, the whole, your, whole, your whole need to know about SS7 is, is to run away, run as fast and as far as you can. <laughs> because, because it's a brave new world and, and uh, WebRTC is the path, not – or, or – other things, SIP and WebRTC, I guess. Right. Yeah, yeah. So um, WebRTC was meant to be this amazing thing that got web developers interested in, well, not interested, using RTC in a browser without a plugin. Um, And unfortunately, that hasn't really come to pass because you still need to know an awful lot about real-time communications, funnily enough. Web developers are very used to kind of just like dabbing in and out of things. Um, I mean, you have to be. Um, there are, there are, there's a new JavaScript framework every single week. So you, you kind of have to learn to, to go into something, figure it out really quickly, apply it, and then move on to the next thing. Um, you can't really do that with RTC, with, with WebRTC at least. Um, well, with any, with any kind of RTC. So um, yeah, that, that's why there is an extreme lack of web developers doing um, WebRTC to... With enough, with, with enough knowledge, let's say. The principle was sound, though, that WebRTC exposes things in a way that could be accessible. The only thing is it's not as easy as a little um, Node.js or a little jQuery or you know, mm-hmm. something going to... It's, it's, not as, it's not as easy as doing an HTTP call out to a website and or to an API or whatever, getting back a result and then doing something with it. it it's, it, it, in an order of magnitude, it's like 10 times... And, more, so there have, been, difficult. there have been people who have tried to spread the word. And I look at the guys at And Yet, who are basically a web dev shop, yeah. but took on board this RTC as, a, as an opportunity, right? And so mm-hmm. in so doing, they've become a kind of a specialist organization now. Exactly. Which takes them away from being that generalized web dev shop. Right. So, which is sort of, that's kind of the market space thing. Um, so why a ComCon? 
So um, I guess for that, to answer that, I've got to go back in history a little bit um, to the days of me being a web de web developer. Uh, like that hasn't really been the case properly for a couple of years now, since it, at least since I set up Nimble Ape. Um, Nimble Ape is very much a specialist type um, agent, not agency, uh, consultancy, let's say. Um, so if we go back in time about four years, um, I went to a conference called NodeConf EU. So that's the Node.js conference in Europe. And um, it was completely different to any conference that I'd ever been to before. Uh, you paid one price for your ticket. So you just had to get there. And that was it. Um, all your meals were already paid for. It was very, very foreign. Like, let's say the first time that I went, I didn't know what I was going to what I was going to get. Um, but I turned up on a coach with everyone else. So so everyone arrived in Dublin and we got on a coach for an hour to get down to Waterford. And um, so on the coach, you made friends. Um, then you got there and you were shoved into a house with other people um, and you made friends. And then you went and had dinner and you sat down next to someone that you'd never sat down before um, with and you made another friend. And that was like it the whole way through. Um, no comp for you. So um, it was very, very informal, um, very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? One-on-one um, -on -one a lot of the time. Um, so I can, I can say for certain that some of my best contacts, some of my best friends within the web industry at the moment, um, I met through no comp for you. So that's the history lesson. And if we come back to like present day or even the past seven years of going to like Astrakhan, um, this year at ClueCon, this year at Kama Elio World. Um, that's not to say any of these conferences are bad. Um, I just remember no comp for you in my head. Um, and, and so I'm continuously kind of thinking there's something missing. We all go to no comp for you, uh, we all go to like Astrocon and we all have our groups. We, we know people already. So like I'll go out for breakfast. I, this, this happened at ClueCon. I went for breakfast with James because we were already con we were already connected. Um, we were in a different place, and so we messaged each other and said, "Oh, do you want to go for breakfast?" So we went and had breakfast at no comp for you. You would have gone and sat down in a room and had breakfast already provided for you in one place, and you would have met someone new. I could have met someone new at ClueCon, but it was really easy to just like text James and go, "Oh, do you want to go for breakfast?" So there, there but, are these. But we met, and we met fetching coffee. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we already we already knew each other through this. Um, <laughs> So I, at no comp for you, I met so many people that I'd never met before and probably wouldn't have met with it without being in that surrounding. So um, that's kind of why I'm, I'm looking to run something a bit different. Um, and then the other reason why I'm looking to run, um, well, I am running ComCon, um, is because I'm half tired of going to the US. Um, there's nothing in the UK for, for this kind of arena. So, um, I mean, you can go over to Germany, uh, you can go over to, um, where was Kamer Elio World? It was in Germany, yeah. Um, you, can yeah. Go, you can go over to Germany and go to Kamer Elio World or OpenSips or, or whatever. Um, or you can go to Signal, which I think is next week in London. Um, but Signal isn't a, an open source conference. Um, it's, it's centered around Twilio. Um, there might be open source aspects of it, but there's, uh, it's not, that's, that's not its goal. Um, it's a, very much a Twilio conference as it should be. Um, Kama Elio World is very much just Kama Elio, mostly. Um, and I haven't been to OpenSip Summit, but I'm sure OpenSip Summit is the same. So I was kind of looking for something that 
pulled all of those things together uh, under one roof um, in one place um, for for a couple of days. It's more like a jolly hangout at, with with friends that you don't know are going to be your friends yet. And at the same time, you have a good time and you learn. Um, and it's a bit different. Okay. So uh, where are you in the... Uh... Where are you in the in the process? I mean, it's been announced. In fact, to to that effect, let me come over here and click on this because uh, you don't want people to see me, but I would like to see uh, the place because this looks like a fantastic place. And I, I perused their website, uh, Watton House in Surrey. Mm-hmm. Um, why here? So um, I went and viewed five venues for this uh, conference. Can you, that's really strange. Why is your CC really close? Like not, that's not how it looks on my screen. Anyway, um, I have to have a look at why that is the, in, in the top left. Yeah. 1280, 1280 by 720. That's yeah. I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to look and fix that later. But anyway, um, I digress. Um, yes, yeah, so I, I went and um, viewed five different venues for, um, Com- well, actually, no, six, six different venues for ComCon. Um, so they all had criteria. Um, in the sense of it's a residential conference, so everything's already, um, your accommodation's all sorted for you. So you have to have a, you have to have a venue that can handle that number of people. Um, so there's 127 rooms at Witten House. Um, a lot of the other venues that I looked at were absolutely brilliant, um, but they didn't have enough um, accommodation. In the end, I think we came down to two. Um, that could hold the right amount of people um, for to make a conference worthwhile, um, as well as fulfilling every every other criteria that I had. The second bit of criteria was it had to be beautiful. It had to be rememberable. It had to be somewhere where you you kind of you look back in three years' time and you remember the event because you don't remember. I, I don't remember Astrocon for a particular talk, and I don't remember Clue. Uh, I don't remember Klucon for a particular talk. I'm going to remember that I went down a river in Chicago um, in three years' time, and I'm going to remember that um, two years ago was um, Astrocon in Orlando, and and I went to a theme park. Um, I I don't remember the talks because that's that's just how you learn. So there had to be a reason for people to remember it and therefore want to come again, um, as well as spending a couple of days in a remarkable, beautiful place um, where, where it didn't feel conferency, let's say. Um, it felt a bit different. So there were only really two main um, factors for, for deciding. Uh, one was accommodation. One was um, beautiful. Oh, yeah, so there were three. And good, um, good quality conference facilities. Um, yeah, that's it. So it's got a pool. It's got like a spary thingy. Um, all the bedrooms have just been um, redone, refurnished. Um, the grounds are absolutely amazing. Um, and then the the pro of of kind of booking out all of their accommodation is is pretty much just us um, for a, for three and a bit days. Um, so there aren't really there could possibly be a couple of meetings or whatever held by other people, but in the evenings it will just be us. So to a degree, we can make as much noise as we want. We can drink as much as we want. Um, and and have as much fun as we want to without inconveniencing anyone else. Do we have bandwidth? Uh, it's got 100 meg up and 100 meg down. So um, All right. it should be fine. I've been, I've been told it's, it will be fine. Um, I got it. But, I, I, 
It, it, it depends on um, depends on what I end up doing. At the moment, my I don't have a plan of streaming talks out onto the internet, um, and therefore, a hundred meg symmetrical should be fine. Um, if we get a sponsor to to pay for um, streaming and video, etc., then then that's something we'll look at, um, and we'll get some extra bandwidth in for for that specifically. Um, you might not need it. You might not need it. 100 meg may be sufficient. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd like to have more than enough. I'd happily crew that for you. <laughs> right. Um, so who's the target market? Where are we going to – I mean, maybe it's some of us, but clearly it's not us. Um, um, so yes So yes and no. Um, I, I got asked this the other week, and I said, oh, well, I'd love for web developers to come, um, which is kind of true, but they're not really my target audience. Um, they're not the people that are going to go, yeah, I, I should go to that because the kinds of technologies that people are going to be speaking about at the at the event are going to be asterisk and are going to be free switch and are going to be Jitsi and, um, and, and the many other RTC projects that are out there. Um, but web developers don't really know that they want to go to a conference specifically about kind of RTC. They'd much rather go to a web conference where they can go into one talk about um, WebRTC. So uh, th- this it, it kind of is aimed at it's mainly aimed at um, RTC developers, whether or not that's VoIP or whether or not that's people like me that integrate into lots of different solutions or, or whatever, um, as well as everyone on the panel. But um, it's not really targeted at web developers which is kind of strange because I'm a web developer who happens to do RTC. Well, and, and my impression is that um, you, you have at least a bifurcated market anyway in that you're going to need some speakers and that it's about comms means there are at least uh, from our circles here uh, potential for speakers. Right, but, exactly. But then taking it out into the web context is sort of you, you're going to be a, a great bridge and hopefully you'll find some others who can have some business cases and stories and help yeah. them. To yeah, value. exactly. I, I'd, I'd love for a, a certain smaller percentage of, of the attendees to be from a web background, um, but I'm not in any... Um, I'm not in any illusion that, that it's going to be 50% of my um, target or, or audience base. Um, it, is, it is going to be a small number, and that's just because because of how web developers go to conference. My, they, like I was saying earlier, um, they, they have to kind of learn new things very quickly and move on very quickly, and therefore coming to a whole conference about, about um, real-time communication isn't really their their game they want to go to one conference and and learn about 20 different things so i'd love i'd love to see some web some web developers and some web teams come um but i i don't think that's really going to happen it's still a drum we're going to harp on a little bit on your behalf okay right because we need to make the pie bigger and and webrtc was really about that and and they may not get it but that doesn't mean that we're not committed to the principle so right it, it, to be honest, it, it, it might be that I harp on about it if we run it for a second year, um, because it's a first year, um, first time running the conference. Um, because it's the first time running the conference, um, there are obvious um, restrictions on on what I can and can't do. Um, I, I still have to sell a load of tickets, for example. Um, whereas 
conferences like PluCon and conferences like AstroCon kind of just know that they're going to get a certain number of people coming. So um, I might harp on about it and make it more of a thing if we make it into a second year. I mean, if um, we should make it into a second year, I'm hoping we make it into a second year. Um, but I still need to get past the first year. Um, and so to a degree, uh, what's going to get me to that second year is, is my main concern right now. Okay, cool. Um, James, you're unmuted. Am right I? in. Yes. Was I making typey noises? No, you weren't. Oh, but... right. Okay. Um, well, I can I just make a comment? I think that what Dan's doing here is absolutely brilliant. It's typ- typical Dan. So what Dan's done here is he's observed and he's thought, what makes this, what, what makes an event really brilliant? And then he's gone out and built something which has got all the elements of a brilliant event. And uh, certainly I will be there. Uh, and I think it's going to be absolutely super. Thank you, James. Um, yeah, I, hopefully everyone else, well, hopefully 85 more people will agree with you. <laughs> well, what I'm thinking is uh, it's going to sell out quite quickly because 85 in the grand scheme of things is not a massive number. So, um What's the procedure for signing up? Because I want to make sure that I, I get a room before they all go, because I think they're going to go quite quickly. Uh, I, I haven't set, uh, I haven't opened up the ticket sales yet. Um, my, my main thing was, um, so I, I, I had to pay a lump sum of money to the um, venue today, um, which for some strange reason um narrows your mind and makes you concentrate on oh i need to like raise awareness about this thing now that i'm actually having to pay some money towards it um so that's why the that's why the website turned up um at the beginning of the week and um so i'm not quite at the ticket sale point um i will be extraordinarily soon it might be a case of um it might be a case of at astracon i might open up ticket sales at astracon Okay, different question. Who do you want to talk? You have who, to oh, who do I want to talk? So yeah. again, again, the call for papers is not up yet. It will be next week, I think. Um, but what sort of thing? Because um, I, I tried my usual, shall we do a dangerous demo? You went, no. Yeah. Um, so who do I want to talk? Um, so I'd, I'd love for people to talk about um, Asterisk. I'd love for people to talk about um, free switch. I'd love for people to talk about things like Jitsi and um, and all of the other um, all of the RTC, other RTC projects. Um, but at the same time, I'd like to, people to talk about something a bit different. So um, Tim Panson is a great example of this. Um, he knows exactly how to um, talk about something brand new or or even old and make it relevant um, in a modern way. Um, so there's, there's, there'll be a wide variety, let's say. Um, kind of goes back to uh, Michael's question about target audience. So there's going to be two tracks, um, and one track is going to be kind of a VoIP-type track, um, and another, the other track is going to be about other RTC. So if you're a WebRTC person, then you can come and just listen to WebRTC-type stuff, um, or if you're a VoIP person, you can just come and listen to VoIP type stuff, um, whether or not it's Kami Elio, whether or not it's OpenSips, or whether or not it's uh, FreeSwitch or Asterisk or, or A and other project. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to give enough variety without there being too much variety. Right. 
rather annoying. Because there's five tracks at Astrocon this year. Have you heard? Yeah. Uh, talk about track. Um, um, I, I will be interested to, to see how how it gets, um, how how many people end up in each track and, and whether or not I can go and see all of the talks that I want to go and see. Because that's a lot of variety. It I'm is. Not say, I'm not it saying is. it's a bad idea um, because we haven't been able to experience it yet. But my gut feeling when I saw that there were five tracks was, oh, my, that's a lot of talks. Yeah. And it'd be OK if the uh, if they were capturing them all on video. And so if you kind of miss one, you could go and go back and watch it later. But well, so yes video. and yes and no. We all lead busy lives. And, and so this is kind of why I'm in two minds about like um, paying to get talks recorded um, after the event, how many talks do you actually go and watch? Um, so let's say, let's say you missed, say, 15 talks that you would love to go and see. Do you actually go and watch those 15 talks? It or... depends on the, the, on the talks, the type of talk. So to give you an example, there are talks like the, um, the CCC ones, um, which I keep on going back to time and time again because they're, they're kind of reference points. It's the first right. time that something's been demonstrated uh, and they're really important. Right. Um, so it really depends on the talk. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I can't say that I leave an event and then go watch 15 talks. Um, no, when, I wouldn't when, watch when they, when they eventually make their way online six months later. Camera Edio World does this amazingly well. Yes. Um, everyone else, not so much. Um, so, yeah, can I say that I, I go and watch talks that I miss? I, I don't. Um, and that's because I'm a busy person and I'm flat out all day, every day with other people's projects. Um, and so, yeah, I'll go and reference a talk if I need to hear some information from a talk. Yeah, and this um, is the amazing thing. You're flat out all the time, and yet you still found found time and the energy and the drive to build ComCon. Yeah, uh, some people might, might say that I am crazy, um, but there, there's something missing uh, in, in the UK. Um, there's something missing in the UK and Europe, I think. So Randy is waving. Very <laughs> yeah, distracting, yeah. Randy. You know, and it's funny because it's the wind on the microphone that actually gave me the focus, and I didn't mean to do that. But I did want to ask you a question, Dan, and that was um, you're sort of – I love the venue and the idea, and you're sort of looking to be more of an unconference, which is great. Uh, I think that needs to be happening. You also reminded me in passing, I'll say, uh, a little bit of a MUCON. Mm-hmm. And those, some of us, I don't know if you've ever been to, there were like three I, of those. I, I haven't. But uh, James knows because he was there. But that was a, you weren't? Oh, well, Tim was, no. I don't know, a couple Tim, of us Tim were there. Yeah. Point is that, um, yeah, you mentioned Tim and Tim was here. But my question was really uh, about the length of talks, because if you are required to participate in the costs of people or, or if sponsors are paying, then they want a, an hour talk or 40 minutes or whatever. But in fact, the YouTube, this is in response to your video thing, actually, that people do look at YouTubes if they're 10 or 15 minutes long and they address a specific problem. So if you 
We're talking about RTC with regard to some challenge, some kind, like ice, let's just say. Uh Uh Somebody's talking about ice. Well, if you have 10 to 15 minutes of something really specific on it, people will watch it because they'll do do Google searches. So that's basically what I want to say is that it would be interesting to have some quick talks. Sure, you can have the in-depth, you know, 45, whatever Mm -hmm. the basic conference length is. But Mm -hmm. it might be interesting to have some... uh, there's a name for this on these TED Talks, right? Yeah, the they're, Flash, they're, they're like Ignite. Lightning talks, but they're yeah. not lightning talks. Yeah, right. Ignite or something. Yeah, yeah. And I, that yeah, would be cool I, I for people. Agree with you. For people who are local, especially who are not, you know, don't have to huge costs to come. Like perhaps Tim is an example of that. He wouldn't have to fill some huge slot. He could come and do a couple of different things that are short. In which case, my argument is that should be recorded, probably. Right, right. So I, I completely agree with you. Um, how we end up making something like that work. Um, I don't have a clue yet. Um, like I say, I only signed my contract um, with the venue a couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago. Um, and, and so everything's kind of on, on fast forward at the moment. So um, those kind of questions will get answered probably um, late this year. Um, I just wanted to, something that you said, Randy, um, made me remember something. Um, and you said about how sponsors, if they if sponsors sponsor a conference, then then they kind of expect an hour long talk or something. Um, at this conference, if you sponsor, you will not get a talk guaranteed. Um, just because you sponsor and give a conference money does not give you a sales pitch. Um, does not give you a right to to the hour. Um, if you submit a talk and it's a good talk, then you being a sponsor will only help the cause. But it has to be a good talk and it has to go through the same process as everyone else. So, um, yeah, because you sponsor, because you're a platinum sponsor does not equate to two talks or whatever. Um, you kind of have to earn your place to be there. Yeah, of course. I suggest it maybe if I can. Hello, everyone. Sure, absolutely. Uh, is to have, yeah, very short talks, 15, 20 minutes. And if uh, the argument is well accepted and well received, uh, propose for the successive days some uh, small workshops for, right. for people that want to uh, participate to that. Uh, so like a tester session or, well, I know about these. Who's interested? And right. Then, there you go. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Day. Short talks and then followed by a workshop. And hey, if you don't have enough people for the workshop, you don't do it. Uh, but you gather around you know, five people and they ask their questions and do their chat and you do the social thing at the same time. This would be fantastic, I think. Right. Yeah. So um, I, I guess uh, we should talk slightly about the schedule as it stands. Um, so on the website, it's like the 25th to the 29th and people go, oh, that's five days. That's a long time. Um, so that means that I've got to I've got to be there on the 24th or I've got to like get a hotel for the 24th. Um, no, that's not that's not right. So, um, Michael, have you still got the website up, or do you want me to? I can share my screen, or just a second. I'll have it up in uh, in just a moment. I uh, my I had a technical failure and had to bring it all back. But there you go. There we go. Um, that CC is really annoying. Um, if you can scroll down to provisional event schedule or click on schedule at the top. There we go. Um, so yeah, you, it, it runs twenty fifth to the twenty ninth of June next year. Um, but you don't have to be there the day before because the 25th is the day that you have to be there. So on the Monday, you arrive and you check in. So you get there at like three o'clock in the afternoon after traveling or whatever, um, and you check in. And and then in the evening, you, we've got a welcome drinks and an evening meal. 
So that that will be a case of um, me telling everyone about the conference and, and everyone sitting down together and having a meal together. Uh, and then you go off to bed or you have lots of drinks, depending on what you want to do. Uh, and then Tuesday and Wednesday are pretty much the same. Um, there is, at the moment, is set out for two tracks, one being Boip and one being Other, um, where you get all of your breakfast, all of your lunch, and um, all of the conference within that ticket price. And then afterwards, um, you get your evening meal and then any evening activities. Um, so what kind of evening activities could I be talking about? Um, has anyone heard of duck herding? Um, that, that is an evening, possible evening activity. It's, a, it's an English, uh, country English house. So um, imagine activities you can do around a um, English house with lots of grounds. Um, so things like duck herding, fun events, let's say, and you won't have to leave anywhere, you won't have to go anywhere. So that's all included in your, in your ticket. So that's, that's Tuesday and Wednesday. Thursday, you get your breakfast and then um, it's, it's uh, workshops slash training all day um, with, with your lunch break. And then, and then evening meal and evening activities. Um, and then, so that'll be like, I don't know, uh, Thursday, there'll be drinks of some description probably. Um, I'm not using the word party because there won't be a party as such. Um, but there'll be something because it'll be the last night. Um, and then you go to bed or you don't go to bed. Um, you have breakfast Friday morning and then you check out before 11 and then you're free to go. So it's really only a three day conference. But um, the reason why uh, it, it states the 25th to the 29th is because you've got your hotel stay the Monday night and you've got your hotel stay the Thursday night um, and you've got breakfast in the morning on the Friday. Um, and then you can go and do whatever you want. So that, that's why it states 25th to the 29th. Excellent. And I actually think that's sensible since most people are going to be engaged in some kind of travel anyway. And right. so, so I, 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 I hate it going to conferences, especially speaking on the last day. Last day in the afternoon is like the worst slot for a speaker. Um, in, you need to change your thing, James. We'll be at ComCon 2018, not 2017. Um, but um, what was I saying? Oh, yes. Yeah, I hate being a speaker on the last day in the afternoon. Because everyone goes and leaves early um, to, to go travel because um, they want to get home. And that's fair enough. Um, they've already been away, et cetera. And, and so if they, can make that, if they can make that duration shorter and go see their families or get back and work the next day, then I, you can't really blame people for wanting to do that. Yeah. But because of, because of the ticket price, you pay a ticket price and therefore you have, um, you have a room on Monday night and you have a room Friday night. Uh, Thursday night, sorry. Um, you you kind of you kind of stay because you've already paid for it. It's worth noting that that, that you're actually uh, um, arranging something for partners as well. So, yeah, yeah. So, so if you've got um, that room booked, you might as well bring the uh, the significant other and have him or her um, take or them. Yeah, them. or them. Yeah, yeah. Um, make use of the the wonderful place. Yeah. So um, the, I guess we haven't talked about uh, how much it is or, or any of that kind of stuff yet. Yes. How much is it, Dan? So um, it is uh, £1,600, um, yeah. including, including that in, the, in, in England. So um, it, that sounds like a lot of money. But when you consider, I, I, if I paid for Astrocon, I speak almost, I think I've spoken at every single Astrocon that I've been to. Um, so if I, if I did pay for Astrocon 
I think it's in the 600 pound mark for me. And then I then spend at least a thousand dollars on, um, on a hotel while I'm over there. Um, and then add all the meals that I would then have You're kind of, it's about the same. Yeah. Um, You're absolutely right, Dan. Um, the cost for me to go to Astricon is probably looking at about fifteen hundred quid. Yeah, so don't don't include flights because like that that just depends where you are. But yeah, in terms of like hotel and and food and and everything else, um, it, it's very much on par. And I um, think ComCon possibly. Sorry about this, David Duffett, but I I suspect ComCon <laughs> will be better. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Every, every event is very different, different, isn't it? Every it's different, yeah. Uh, every event is different, um, and, the, and the fact that it's taking place in our backyard makes it effectively it makes it extra attractive to all those wonderful people who who are here in UK who for whom possibly going to Clucon or Astricon is just a little bit too too much, right? So there there are a lot of um, a lot of companies doing VoIP slash RTC slash this this kind of arena, let's say, because the lines are getting blurred. Um, that that I would talk to every single week, um, and and I never see them at Astrocon, and I never see them at Clucon. Why well, this this year was my first Clucon, um, but I didn't see them at Clucon, etc. Um, and, and that's because it costs a lot of money. Like flights alone to to Orlando are over like uh, probably seven seven hundred quid return. Um, to Chicago, they were over one over a grand just for flights. Um, that's a lot of money. So um, if you can if you can mosey your way down to Surrey for a couple of days, um, and it only costs you a hundred quid in train ticket or whatever, um, then it's a bargain. Not to mention the incredible uh, anguish of all the security checks and the lengthy trip right. and the whole passport. You know, I mean, for sure, it's it's a huge difference if you're coming from. Britain and even Europe, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. That's what the, the point I was going to make because it's so much south on in uh, in England that is is it's pretty easy easy to come from even Spain or or, or France or Germany uh-huh. that place. It's probably easier from there than from where I am in Scotland. Yes, probably. <laughs> so in terms of like, if you wanted to fly into Gatwick, you can get from Gatwick to Witten House in 40 minutes on the train, I think. Yeah, yeah, it has to be pointed out that the venue is almost directly halfway between Heathrow and Gatwick Airport. So yeah. it's very yeah. well located. How about Luton? Unlucky. Uh, yeah. Wrong, wrong side of London. <laughs> oh, yeah. wrong. But okay. who flies into Luton? Well, who? that's our direct flight from here. Unlucky. But, yeah, there are very good links. You can get from London... Um, you can get from London... Waterloo, I think it is, um, to to Dorking train station in fifty minutes, I think, um, and then it's a ten minute taxi to to Wooten House. So you can get from Wooten House up into central London inside an hour, um, which kind of brings me on to um, you can bring your significant other of whoever they are um, to the event with you. Um, so you're already paying for the, t- the for the conference, um, and so. Why not bring your other half? Like if you're if you're coming from, um, well, coming from anywhere really. Um, why not bring your other half? And the the other half's ticket is three hundred and fifty pounds, um, and that includes um, all of their meals um, and all of their accommodation. 
and all of the events as well. And uh, yeah, bring your significant others so that Randy can amuse himself by chatting them up. Yep. <laughs> yes. Unfair. Right. But um, very true. So, so yeah, three hundred and fifty pounds for three and a bit days um, of of being in a four star hotel with a pool with amazing grounds, and you can go for a day trip into London um, or whatever, and for three hundred and fifty quid. So um, we at no comp for you. They did a they did an other halves track. Um, I, I'm not going that far this year because it's the first year. Um, this year we're just kind of dealing with. You can bring your other half and this is how much it's going to cost to feed them. Um, next year, we might decide to do like a special thing. But but this year, we're trying to concentrate on getting the conference to be the conference that I want it to be. Um, and, and that takes a lot of time and effort. It sounds absolutely brilliant, Dan. And I will be there. James Bodie will be at ComCon 2018. I hope that doesn't put too many people off. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to see uh, what the speaking schedule amounts to because um, not being a developer, I'm I'll, well, I'll just wait and see what that, that will be the draw, but I think it's quite exciting. Um, and right. Uh, so I, I, yeah, I, I can kind of answer slightly that now. So you said you're not a developer. Um, and, and so Astrocon has like this business track, for example, um, uh, and and it targets a different audience. Um, this is going to be fairly developer centric, let's say, um, unless I get a ton of CFPs or a lot of interest from a different target audience that I don't expect. Um, but my gut feeling is I'm going to get more developers in those 85, 90 slash slots, um, more developers than than anything else. So um, yeah, the 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 interest for the 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 type of person registering will very much depict um, the the speaking schedule, let's say. Yeah. So, so you've got to look at your target audience before deciding what the talks are? Um, as much as I can. So obviously I, I understand that a lot of people won't buy a ticket until there are some talks confirmed. Because, um, I mean, having, having, say, Matt Jordan or Matt Fredrickson or Anthony from, um, from the Free Switch Project, Having those types of people on your board will then get people interested and go, oh, this is a serious event. I should buy a ticket for this. So there's, there's that on one hand. You, 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 want to, you want to confirm some people um, and you want to get interest. But at the same time, there's no point, there's no point having um, 70 people turn up to your conference and you've completely targeted your talks at the wrong audience. Um, so there's, there's a balancing game. And I mean, this is the first time that I've run an event and therefore I'm learning an awful lot. Um, but at the same time, I'm very conscious about, I've only got 85, 90 slots for, for people to come. Um, and I've only got so many slots for speakers because the hotel only has so many rooms. So, um, there's a big juggling act about to happen and, and we'll see what balls stay up in the air. Yeah, that's, that's that's fair enough. I, just to return to the connectivity thing here. Yes. One of one of my concerns here immediately is that that house looks quite sprawling. Right. And uh, an ex, extra like eighty five, ninety people that have probably got about three hundred devices between mm-hmm. them may well be stressing the Wi Fi just a little bit. Right. So um, this was one of the criteria. Um, it was lower down because you can go and put in temporary Wi Fi. Um, but 
it was one of the criteria. It didn't need to happen, but um, I've been assured that um, they run big conferences for a lot of big tech companies, um, and they are 100% confident that they will be able to um, handle three devices for every single person there. Um, I'm going to have a backup plan just in case, um, but um, I've been assured that they know how to deal with it. So I, I, I so far, I trust them. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens at the event. That's a wise move. Dan was a very wise move. Well, the, the, the backup plan. Yes. Yes. There will yeah. be a backup plan just in case, but um, which, which obviously won't happen like as soon as there, there, if there is an issue, um, but it would get rectified very, very quickly. Yeah. I um, suggest you go there with uh, some tools and check what is the brand and make of yeah. uh, the access points and everything else. If there's a full, a controller that keeps everything in, in right. sketch. Yeah. There's uh, four gigahertz and that, so that, on. Yeah, that, that'll be a, that'll be a job for the next year. But um, so far, I, I am very, very confident in what I've seen, let's say. Um, and I know enough about good Wi-Fi at, at conferences. Right. Okay. So let's, let's, let's assume that the Wi-Fi is good. Yes. Um, but aside from that, have you any idea what the mobile coverage is, is like? Um, well, I've already looked that up. Um, thought you might have done. <laughs> Every, everything but three, which in some ways is a little bit annoying because I would yeah. have quite liked it if there was no mobile coverage. For right. So I, so that, that sounds really nice in, in theory, James, but when you're at an event, say let's, let's say you're in um, – you're coming from the US or you're coming from the UK, uh, from Europe, um, you you definitely want to be able to get some kind of um, mobile. I think you might signal. be misunderstanding James's intent here. Right. Oh, he, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Multi-operator neutral. Yes. 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 If there's no so, coverage. But there, there is, there, 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 is there, there is good coverage apart from three, which is the network that I'm on. And so, <laughs> so, um, I will be getting a temporary number form for the conference. <laughs> well, perhaps we we might be able to help you there. Maybe you might be able to help me with that. Yeah, and you could have a black SIM card. Ah, well, yeah. You, you I, I think you had some, didn't you, at KluCon or something? You, yeah, but they weren't. One. But they weren't working properly. But, oh, okay. But they will be perhaps all attendees or at least speakers oh, should have yeah. those cards. Yeah, maybe. Oh, that would be the demo. <laughs> yeah, but you, you know what? We were talking about the Dangerous Demos. Uh, over the last couple of years, Dangerous Demos have got more wild and wacky. But when we kind of originally kicked off the concept, it was all deadly serious. And it's all mm -hmm. about um, doing useful demos, um, possibly yeah. a, a, as, as a taster to lead into other things. Right. Um, it was very much a, oh, we're all, speakers are already doing demos within their talks. So why not bring them all into a room so that everyone can see them is pretty much what the, the, what the idea was. And yeah, over the years, it's, it's become a bit more wacky and, and, and to a degree, um, there are only so many things you can do with asterisk and there are only so many things you can do with free switch, for example. So um, it, at the moment it's undecided whether or not we'll have the current, um, format of dangerous demos, or whether or not there'll be something new, or or what. Um, but I'll be I'll be talking to James about that. In yeah, a... I'd really like to do something which is different, right, with a special ComCom -com flavor to it. Um, 
which probably would be a, a lot more focused and, and serious. Right. Possibly as a lead in to some other sessions. Yeah, we, we will see. We'll, we'll see what happens over the next. Uh, wow. What That's is it? Okay. And something like we haven't soon. We haven't uh, uh, mentioned at all. And look, it's the lovely Kathleen. Right, right, just as I was about to say the Sipsmith word, something we uh, we have mentioned is the proximity of the venue to the Sipsmith distillery. So I actually don't know how close is it to the Sipsmith distillery. It's pretty damn. It's about ooh, eighteen miles. Oh really? Yeah. So um, yeah, what fun is it then? Maybe we will see Sipsmith at the event, um, but. Um, and perhaps they have a way to bring a like a bus tour kind of thing, like the institute yeah. did in Camilla World. Uh, well, well, I don't know about yeah. bus tour. I'm thinking more of a tanker. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, who cares about the tour? Bring the bottles. Kathleen right, is yeah. with us, and she has a question. Um, I was just wondering: Are you going to be just content-wise going back to talks? Um, are you going to keep it all highly technical, or are you going to include some sort of softer talks, sort of like Allison? where it's not highly technical, but it is still relevant? Yes, is the easy answer to that. Um, yeah, I, I, I honestly don't know the, the kind of range. Oh. But, I mean, you'd, you'd, be, you'd be silly not to have Alison come and speak at your conference um, about RTC. Um, she's kind of the queen of RTC. Of, of, uh, so we'll, we'll see. Um, but... There will be a broad range of talks, let's say, um, that fit the target audience that want to come. All right, cool. I think just to bounce off something you said earlier, Dan, and with Kathleen's question, um, I recall the last Amukan, uh, he had as guest the guy, and I, I'm sorry, I don't remember his name, from uh, Opera, right? If I'm not mistaken. Of course, nobody's here who was there. So anyway, he had something that was kind of just like, Somebody from Mozilla spoke at a recent another conference. That's not really right in the zone, but it's something that all of those people who were there would be interested in. Right. Yeah, and don't forget, there's the added bonus. If if this is somebody who's really influential in their particular little area, mm -hmm. then um, uh, you can impress, you can impregnate them. That's probably the wrong word, but uh, in, indoctrinate them <laughs> with um, the RTC doctrine can't you right right so yeah i it's all kind of up in the air um i literally when did i put the website live monday or tuesday um or was it friday i can't remember it was a couple of days ago um so yeah all of this is kind of to be decided um and there'll be more of a plan by the time that i put tickets on sale maybe maybe at astricon um we shall see that is a pretty good target to aim for I have one last question, Dan, which is if people from the VUC would like to commit before Astrocon, do you think we could work out a little VUC discount with it, with an early cutoff date? Let's face it. That way you have funds like, flowing in. Asking me that on air. Yeah. I'm sure we might be able to work something out. If you would like to go and register your interest, you can go to comcon.xyz um, and there's a register button um, where you can go and register your interest. And and maybe um, I might write. I might make it so that you can. I, I don't know. Register your interest, and and um, maybe we can work something out. I think every one of us here, including Kathleen, will do that. 
Well, what Kathleen is clearly angling with her softer talks. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually yeah. already done it. I did it like 10 minutes ago. Um, and yes, that is kind of my motivation. I was <laughs> Funny that. I, I, I spotted that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if someone were interested in maybe talking, but they weren't very technical, maybe I would attempt uh, to. Yeah, yeah. So put in a good talk. And um, and if it's right for the right audience, then then it will get picked. So, how to write documentation for open source projects? Is that it, Kathleen? Is that your talk? Oh, I could do that. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you could, and I wish somebody would. Open source flower arranging or open source cocktail mixing could be quite good. So, I know that we're coming up onto our hour, so I'm going to very quickly say I am looking for sponsors. Um, there are different sponsorship packages. Um, I'm very lucky that someone has already said that they want to be a sponsor. Um, are, are you allowed to say who? No, not yet, because they have not signed a contract because I haven't given them a contract um, because I only put the website up a week ago or whatever it was. Um, what, so, what, sort of pe- what sort of people do you want to sponsor you? Um, anyone that wants to give me money, James. Um, <laughs> um, no, seriously. Um, Influential companies that that um, are doing stuff within the RTC space um, and and want to contribute to an event that is more community focused. Um, companies that want to give back a little bit to the community as well. Well, I can think of one company. That so yeah. brings to mind. We'll we'll I I. But on the other hand, um, this is my first year, and therefore, if someone that wasn't any of those things wanted to give me um, fifteen thousand pounds, which is the top sponsorship? Um, I would not say no. Hmm. Sorry, how much? Fifteen thousand pounds. And what's but, the, what's the lowest, lowest? Oh, the VUC tier? can write a check today for that. Right, exactly. Um, Let's so get the, top on spons- the top sponsorship is fifteen thousand um, pounds. The bottom sponsorship is five, um, but within that you get so the top sponsorship. Um, you get three tickets to the conference. So if you see that as worth just under five grand, so the sponsorship is actually costing you about 10 grand. Um, and then for the second tier, you get two tickets. And then for the first tier, you get, um, you get one ticket. Um, so there's a, there's, a, there's a lot more to it than, oh, that's a lot of money. Um, the, because of the whole nature of the event being very different to anything else within, well, almost within this space. Um, then, then the, the sponsorship is different. Let's say. Well, I, I think we will be. I, I can speak for Andy. Andy and I will definitely be there. Great. Try to keep me away. There's two tickets gone. And I think that third ticket could be for me, James, under your auspices. Thank you very much, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> you're, you're driving. I, I don't want to break in and say that's an hour, but uh, are we missing anything? No. no um, I think we've covered it. I, I one of these things where. Um, Maybe we're just slightly ahead of the game. But on the other hand, let's start the drums beating because that way you'll get your ticket sales. And not only that, but you'll get the speakers that you want, at least from those who might pay attention to this crowd. Well, no, thank you very much for having me on, um, considering I launched it how many days ago. I forget. Um, it, it's, it's great to kind of – it's very difficult to go onto the ComCom website and really grasp the, the concept um, it's very because it's very different. There's one ticket price. There's this, and and it covers you for everything. And um, it, that's that in itself is very different. So to to be able to come on and and talk about it and and kind of 
explain the reasoning behind that is is absolutely brilliant um, for me. Um, and and I can kind of point people towards this video um, and and have them get the idea from from a video rather than a website. And I'll tell you something else that's really, really good about it. Uh, July the 25th to 29th is in school holidays. So those of us who have school teacher spouses will be allowed out. Right. Except so that I see it. that it's June. It's June. Well, why does it say July the 25th to 29th? It says, it says on June the, on my screen. Where, where does it say July? Um, in the thanks, James, will be in touch post sign up page. Oh, my. Oh, have we yeah. found a bug? Where? Send me a link in a minute. Uh, it definitely says July 25th, 29th. Oh, my. Uh, so which is it? It's June, though, correct? It's June. Oh, okay. on the actual register thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I just posted it. Okay. okay. Thank you very much. I'll get you All right. Back. Thank you, Dan. And thanks to everybody who um, participated. Let me put that back up. That Mike, oh, there we go. Michael's got the poster up. We're looking at it right now. ComCon 2018, 25th, 29th June. This is not the last time you'll hear of this on VUC because we intend to be a force to contend with. Correct, James? Absolutely. We, we, and you know what? We will, I think, all be there. Yes. yes, and we'll yeah, do... We're, we're going to come and kidnap Corrado, drag him down. <laughs> he has to be there. He has all. to be there. And uh, Kathleen will be there. I will try to be there. I've written the dates down. So that's it. We're going to monopolize the whole thing. Yeah, I'm just visualizing uh, Kathleen looking stately uh, with that backdrop of that in that garden with a pink drink. Uh, you'll certainly yes. have, to have, have to have a new hairstyle for that one, Kathleen. I'll have to come up with something creative. Yeah, you will. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I think we're way. I think we are headed for the mature audiences only. So thanks everybody. Yes. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. No codecs were harmed in the production of the VUC, brought to you by IP Communications Community. With our thanks to Simwood, Greenfield Tech, ZipDX, Bluehost, and Voxmall. See you next week.